Hi, I'm Jamie. I've been a producer, director, and a screenwriter. I'm Brad. I've been a videographer and a screenwriter. This is TV We Love, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a single season of our favorite TV shows. And maybe some of our second favorites, too. Hello. Hey. And we're talking about True Detective, season one. Yes. We'll be covering episode one today. So... I, I just got to start with the intro. Um, I got so giddy just hearing the music. I was so excited because I remember thinking this is up there. This is one of my all-time favorite seasons of any TV series ever. This is definitely one of my favorite TV shows. I think this might be my most favorite TV show that I've ever seen. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited that we we chose to talk about this for our first season. Me too. So uh but yeah, the when the music kicks in, that song is uh called Far From Any Road and it's performed by the Handsome Family. Have you ever heard of the Handsome Family? I have only heard of them because of this show. Did you know? So. But when you first heard it, did you look it up? Did you add it to like your Spotify list or anything? Like no, that? I didn't, but I should have. <laughs> uh, and I will. It's, I it's will. kind <laughs> of a really weird song, but at the same time, as the episodes go on, like it gets yeah. catchier and catchier. I feel right. like. I so. remember the first time I saw the intro, I had no idea what to expect from the show from that intro it made i was i was intrigued i mean just all the images and you know it's like what is gonna happen you know what where is this going yeah um but now watching it for the second time you know after been watching every episode already it's cool to see it 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 makes me excited in a different way now did you originally see this when it was first aired or was it already out a couple years before you saw it? It was already out when I saw it. Was, it. Right. Yeah, Did I somebody recommend so. it to you or was it just like, oh, hey, I heard about this. Let's check it out. I honestly don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember how, how I heard about it. I just yeah. I remember hearing it was good. And so I checked it out. Well, I have... Uh, a little synopsis of uh, of the first episode and I guess the first season in general. Uh, it, it says, in 2012, former detective partners Rust Cole, that's with a C-O-H-L-E, and Martin Hart recap one of their very first cases together involving a serial killer back in 1995. And this originally aired January 12th, 2014. And it was filmed on location in Louisiana. And it was of course directed by Carrie Fukunaga. And it was written by a guy named Nick Pizzolato. Pizzolato? Pizzolato? How would you say his name? It's P-I-Z-Z-O-L-A-T-T-O. Pizzolato. Pizzolato? Pizza Lotto. Pizza Pizza Lotto. Pizza Lotto. <laughs> it's a I think it's kind of a pretty sweet last name. I like yeah. F- Fukunaga as well. 
Right. So. Yeah, it's fun. It, I like the way it rolls off the tongue. Fugunaka Pizzolato. It sounds <laughs> like you were speaking like Japanese and Italian, like Fugunaga, you know, and then you go Both. to the Pizzolato. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it opens. We'll just dive right into the to the opening scene. It yeah. opens with uh, it looks like two men or one man carrying uh, a body, and then they set fire, and then there's like this uber wide shot of the fire burning around the street, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, and then uh, it, it cuts to Woody Harrelson, who plays Martin Hart. Uh, being interviewed by two unknown, uh, presumably detectives. And uh, I have to say, I love Woody's performance and I love Matthew McConaughey's performance. This is when both of them want to like really act like this is probably them at the top of their game. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They, I mean, Right from the very beginning, like you said, in Woody's opening scene, like I kind of expect a little bit of comedy from Woody. Just, you know, I mean, just, just from his Tuesdays. I mean, yeah, and he just, I mean, he's, it's not like he's ugly or, or funny looking or anything, but he has kind of a comedic face. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you know, you know, I think he has an underrated large mouth too, where it's like, when he talks, you never see the front teeth. You always see like the side teeth, just the way his his mouth is shaped. And I don't yeah. mean that as an insult to Woody because I, I, I think he's a terrifically handsome man. But, me too. Uh... Me too. That's not. A, <laughs> I, I hope that that came across. You know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's but his mouth is huge. Like, but you you don't see the front teeth. You just see the side teeth. So right. But, but anyway, uh... so I I thought. I don't know where this is going. You know, it's Woody and, um, but he right away, like just his nervous fidgets and, um, like just kind of, he sounded kind of overly just nonchalant about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you, you just pick up on his like nervous body language. And really, that's you know? that's one of my favorite things that an actor can do is is like the subtleties. Like if they wipe their face or scratch their ear or scratch their nose or anything. Yeah. Anytime. Like that just it's more than just reciting lines. Like it's adding body language, like you said, to the character. And it just you forget it's Woody Harrelson. You're like, okay, I'm in with this character, Martin Hart, you know? Yeah. So and and the same thing for McConaughey too. Which I wanted to ask you, do you say McConaughey or McConaughey? No, McConaughey. I say McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Is that how he says it? I just you know? for the for the duration of this podcast, I would like to just call him Matthew because it. I'm uncomfortable saying McConaughey because I don't know if I'm saying it right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should just call them Rust and Martin. Yes. Yeah. 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 Rust is uh, Matthew McConaughey or McConaughey, if you will. And uh, <laughs> Martin, as we said, is uh, Woody Harrelson. So, yes. But yeah. So uh, when we first see McConaughey, sorry, Rust, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's looking like a burnt out Dwayne Allman. 
pretty much. I mean, what did you think? Yeah, definitely. Just, yeah, the, the wig is pretty bad. I like that would be a complaint of the show. If I if I had to do anything uh, negative about the show, I would say the wig is pretty bad. Yeah, I I I was I. <laughs> Actually, I, you know, I made a few notes watching the show and I wrote down Matthew because I'm not going to say his last name. Um, Matt M. (laughs) Then I said shocking appearance. I just wrote shocking appearance. It, I was like, what? I mean, they really did a great job of making it rough, you know, and rugged and and kind of burnt out. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Um. According to the show's creator, Nick Pizzolatto, uh, Matthew McConaughey has this, uh, Nick Pizzolatto has an incredibly complicated chart. No, I'm sorry. I think I'm quoting this incorrectly. So I'm going to read it all and then we'll dissect it. According to the show's creator, this is from IMDb trivia as well. Nick Pizzolatto, Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey <laughs> has this incredibly complicated chart of where Russ Cole is emotionally and physically at every beat of those 17 years. So, yeah, is is Nick is Nick saying this that Matthew McConaughey created this he, chart? Yes. Yes, okay. I actually read something about that. Okay. Um oh. Um, it's like he made a 450 page, uh, character study and he just started at the beginning, like at 1995. McConaughey? Yeah. Yeah. McConaughey did this before when he was, uh, you know, doing his character development for Rust. Yeah. 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 He like mapped out the whole thing. It's, and w- do you know if he was asked to do this or if he was no, just like, he just did it. He just he's like, like I want to get inside this character's head, so I have to come up with like some sort of guidance to where he's at. You know, I wonder. Yeah. Do you know if he referenced it uh, uh, throughout each part? Like, did he just resort back to this for each scene? Do you think? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I just know that he, he wrote like they, that there were like four stages that Russ's character goes through, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he started at the beginning and just like, who, you know, who was he, you know, during this time? And he just like charted it out. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, he went to the next stage, you know? Um, I think he talked about you know, when he was, well, how much can we give away? Because <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about episode one. Um, but... I, I mean, I would say let's stay focused on episode one. Yeah. Just, okay. So, but I mean, part of it is like, I don't remember everything. Me either. Me know? either. I'm just so, going by what I remember reading is yeah. that he really dove in to this character, you know, and I, I broke think it, it down. Mm-hmm. I think it really shows. Uh, I think McConaughey is an underrated actor uh, as himself. I, I think he played some interesting uh, uh, non-good characters, you know, when he did the romantic comedies and stuff. But uh, I feel like the dramas 
is is his wheelhouse and and to yeah. an extent comedies too but drama is like man he's just such a good actor i i think he's he's pretty intense with his performances uh but i i had no idea that you, you said 400 pages or whatever i think so i think it was yeah. like 450 pages yeah um I think he did some graphs and like really broke it down. It's yeah. pretty impressive. But it was right after that. It was right. Um, I think True Detective ran. He had. Okay. How am I trying to say this? When uh, True Detective aired, which was like January. Uh, yeah. Yeah. January 2014. 2014. Yep. Yeah. And then like I went through March. I think um, that was the time when they were voting on the Oscars because he was nominated for an Oscar. And I read in an interview somewhere, or maybe he mentioned it in his book, I can't remember, but he said that he really thinks that played a part in him getting the Oscar for um, Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, okay. It's because True Detective was hot right then and he yeah you know he he nailed his part as rust and so it was kind of like this like perfect storm you know for him have you seen the dallas buyers club no i have not i'd be interested though yeah i went too yeah um he's got a lot of subtleties in his performance too and specifically to this episode when he lights his cigarette up when they're uh uh, interviewing Rust, you know, and, yeah. and they tell him he can't do that. And he's like, Come on, gosh, don't be like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it just, he like makes eye contact with them, you know, and it just, it kind of reminds me of a little kid that's going to grab like a chip out of the chip bag when you tell them, like, No, 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 you can't have anything to eat. And they're just like slowly going to do it anyway. Just, yeah. Like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Kind of like, it, yeah. we both know this is happening. Like, right. So, uh, yeah, he lights a cigarette and then, uh, it flashbacks, uh, to the first crime. And then we see, uh, the dead naked girl. Yeah. She looks like this weird pagan Christmas decoration. That's what I wrote <laughs> in my notes. She looked like a pagan Christmas decoration, a yeah. horrible pagan Christmas decoration. I, I so. wrote down dead naked girl with antlers. So. Antlers. <laughs> <laughs> what was that what what's that animal called the little rabbit with the antlers do you remember a jackalope a jackalope yeah remember on yeah. america's funniest videos they had like the little jackalope yes yeah <laughs> the, the like when it first with bob saget not, yeah it did not it tom bergeron like, <laughs> uh but, yeah a jane elope <laughs> yeah a jane, <laughs> a jane doe elope <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. um but right off the bat man i mean what a image for the first like flashback scene you know of yeah now and we're then, just getting the first look of what case they're talking about what 419 they keep referring yeah. to yeah you know and and it's like as rust walks up to the body it's like he he pulls out his little rubber gloveys yeah and he gives woody uh uh martin a little look and martin like gives him permission almost like he he lets his dog off the leash sort of a thing right. while while he talks to the other 
people on the scene. Uh, yeah. So Russ he's the can talker. Go, yeah. So Russ can go <laughs> investigate. So he's like, yeah. he, he doesn't have to do any work. Russ is going to take care of all of this. Yes. So, and, and all that's all Russ deal does. with the people. Yeah. You know, it, and they establish that right away. Yeah. That he's the talker. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm and people <laughs> and Russ is the tax man. He's going to do all the details. Yeah, and Woody's Woody doesn't even care about the details. Right. He did not even like, or I'm sorry, Martin did not even <laughs> look at the details. Well, that's at like all. he does. He does no police work whatsoever. No, all of his information on the case comes from Rust. Yeah, like he's <laughs> exactly. like, "What do you got, Rust?" And Rust starts telling him everything that he saw. But he's it's like saving Rust him because yeah. he's obviously a horrible detective. You yeah. know, Rust. <laughs> Rust is carrying them in the relationship. Yes. So, and but and it works just... out fine because Rust doesn't want to talk to anybody. You know, right. he doesn't. Right. He does not. He does not want to talk he, to anybody. He does not have people skills. No, he does not going to butter anybody up. No, nope. you know it's except maybe the 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 girl that had the the pills, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and then yeah, just it, it, it. I the performance. I can't get over the performance. Like McConaughey, just looking. You know, his head's kind of tilting like a dog, you know, he's checking everything out. He's writing in this big ledger, you know. No, he's like drawing this like immaculate drawing and like what he like snapped a picture. I don't even know what he was taking a picture of because he was like a hundred yards back. He wasn't even like (laughs) Well, you know, it was a digital camera in nineteen ninety five. So yeah, like four megapixels. Yeah. But he's um, like, but Russ is like basically right on top of her. I mean, he's looking at every inch of yeah. her body. He's looking all at all the surroundings. The little and we kind of got teepees. We kind of got to give a shout out to the actress that's playing the dead oh, body yeah. as well. Because imagine that day on set, you're naked. Oh, you're hoping it's warm. Yeah, you know, and you just have to stay tied up to this branch or tree trunk or something. Yeah, I actually wondered if it was really an actress or if they just did some kind of a dummy, you know? Yeah, I, because I guess we wouldn't it know. it was so long, I mean, in that position. It's, yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. I, we should look it up. Yeah. See, I, you know, if it lists an actress for dead body. <laughs> and with then, antlers. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the actress with the... Uh, she has a name. I didn't get her name. Did you write her name down? I don't remember her uh, name. No, I did not. Yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll have it by the second episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, then it, it it keeps cutting back and forth between the interviews, the crime scene, and just regular interactions between Rust and Martin. Uh, and I know it cuts to Rust's apartment, and it's. I think he's kind of a sweet bachelor pad. I mean, he's got a mattress right there in the living room. I mean, I was gonna say that men are pretty simple, like right. I mean, yeah, Marty's like, he's not. Then I saw where he was living, and I was expecting it to have like you know, crap in the toilet. Yeah, you know, you know, graffiti on the wall and tape on the windows. You know, and it was nice. 
It was it was it was, a it was very minimalistic, very yeah. minimalistic. But he's not a TV guy, but he's got a crap ton of books. Yeah. So, and and all of the books are like what investigation books. Yeah. Uh, Maybe uh, conspiracy theory. I don't know. I yeah, tried to get a good books. look at it. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> but then uh, it jumps back to the crime scene, and the writing in this is fantastic. Nick Pizzolatto did a. a fantastic job and he's got all of these quotable lines i feel like and he says something um uh, uh, uh about don't jump to conclusions or you'll start to bend the narrative to what you think yes. is right and and i just like that's that's great advice for life yeah you know? it is it is so, it's about perspective and yeah. i mean i think sometimes that can change our thinking yep. so yeah it was a brilliant line yep and sure. then <laughs> and then out of nowhere like hey i know we're standing right next to this dead girl and she looks like uh, uh, a a jackalope uh but do you want to come <laughs> over to dinner like you've yeah. avoided <laughs> yeah, you've right avoided away. my light my wife and kids for long enough like you got to come over to dinner now and apparently he hits uh rust at the most vulnerable time because he's finally like okay i'll be there you yeah know? exactly so yeah. and then uh the car ride back to the office has some of the best introspective dialogue as well. And yes. I, I think Woody Harrelson gets fed up really easily. He does. I, I could listen to uh, Rust's uh, philosophy for hours, I feel like. I, I could too. I mean, even when they were still standing at the body before they got in the car, when he was talking yeah. about the, what was it? The paraphilic love map yeah you know yeah uh, and just this whole you know, i was like you know it, it he makes this like disgusting awful moment um sound almost poetic but in uh i'm gonna get some like divine uh epiphany from what he's saying you know yeah. what i mean like, yeah you just get drawn into it and then he and right after that in the car ride like you're talking about it's it's just more of that you know yeah. so. uh i mean in in the conversation dips into like religious talk and but it's like rust tries to warn martin like you know martin's like what does that mean what you just said he's like it means i'm not any good at parties like i'm not fun at parties and then right. and then like martin keeps egging him on like no come on you gotta talk to me like, right so yeah Russ just he starts, asks them to yeah yeah so, yeah so russ just starts talking about his philosophies and stuff and finally martin's like how about inside the car we just shut the hell up from now on right <laughs> like, yeah yeah i love that i mean yeah. it's like as soon as he realized he didn't agree with anything russ was saying or it, he didn't want to go that deep you know yeah. then yeah. he was like okay no more talking just shut up like yeah. we're not i don't want to hear what you have to say even though he's the one that was the conversation starter <laughs> he didn't yeah. want to hear it yeah you know because he didn't get it he didn't understand it you know yeah so then i think my notes kind of cut out a little bit the the episode kept pulling me in but the the next note i have is uh when Rust is driving to interview, 
some uh, uh, not witnesses, but like he's trying to get clues, you know. So he's right. he's, yeah. he's going to a truck stop to talk to some other hookers who yeah. might send him in the right direction. But on the way, he's drinking is it cough syrup or something? Like what's he what's he drinking in the little bottle in the car? Did you yeah, notice? I'm that? not really sure. I was, I, I thought I was it was it alcohol or something, but it was different looking. But he's not so. really an alcoholic, though, is he? Like, so I didn't think it was alcohol. It's not I, like he was trying I to. I mean, get his he fix. is later on. I mean, when he's whatever year, um, uh, 2012. Well, I think yeah, it's I supposed think so. to be taking place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess we really haven't said that, but. It, it well we did in the synopsis but it really does cut back and forth between like 2012 and 1995 and this is like a theme for true detective i know season three was a bunch of flashbacks as well right cut with uh a modern day is season two like that i've never seen season two you've seen a little bit right i have not i only saw maybe two or three episodes and is it like two. that where it cuts back and forth or I is believe it? so, but okay. like, so that's like a I said, I, theme then. yeah. Yeah. All right. So it, he's talking to the two ladies, uh, the street walkers, prostitutes, hookers, whatever. And the one asks him, he, cause he's asking like, do you know this girl? She may be missing, you know, like maybe she hasn't been around. Do you know anybody that's been a regular that hasn't shown up for work, I guess. And, uh, one of the questions they asked was what kind of tits did she have? Yeah. I, that was <laughs> I wanted to ask you, is this like something women identify other women, like, like thumbprints almost like, no, no. Yeah, we don't look at faces. We only look at boobs. So no. we can, we can no, tell you. That made me laugh though. Yeah. It, it, it stuck out every time I've watched this. I'm like, is that really an identifiable, like unless they're absurdly huge or perhaps like really small, like this is such right. a there has weird to be question to ask an extreme yeah. you know i might say she had really big boobs or yeah. you know something like, like that but they would have to be really big boobs i mean i wouldn't just say medium boobs i mean i just I wouldn't include it unless it was something extreme in one right. way or another but <laughs> you know? to, to rust's credit and this is the type of detective he is right. he has like the perfect answer he's like medium size a little bit bigger than yours proportionate to her body you know like he really studied and this lady was hunched over yeah like you you couldn't even really tell right he's the detail what man. she was packing yeah it's just mm-hmm. such a good character and such a weird moment so, yeah yeah um so how then, did you feel about cole at this point you know i <sighs> i mean what did you think is this could he be the killer or did you have any thoughts about him at all no at this point no at this point i i don't i was taking everything right on the surface i was like russ and cole are rust and martin are pretty uh, obviously the good guys like these are our characters we're going to go on this adventure with them i never once thought that either one of them were dirty or anything like that. Okay. Um, I know it's revealed later that Martin has extramarital affairs, but in this episode, he has a lady bring him depositions or something that they're supposed to go over. I think 
retrospective now that's like a sign from episode one that he's he's gonna end up uh uh it's revealed that he cheats on his wife but i think as right. of right now like i remember the first time i watched that it went over my head not once did i think i mean maybe i was just naive but i i not once did i think oh he's he's cheating on his wife i just thought maybe he was talking surprise birthday party for rust or something like because they made it look so suspicious but i remember it going over my head the first time that i saw that part so yeah the only time that stands out to me that made me question his if he might be a cheater Mm. is when he he goes into the office or to the station and he talks to the receptionist and the way or whoever she is, maybe it's dispatch or somebody at the front. Yeah. And he was like, how are you doing sugar? You know, or something like that. Yeah. And he, he, it, there's like two in really endearing flirty remarks to her, you know? And I thought, well, that's weird because it, it seemed like he was, you know, talking about his wife and the car and how important it was for us to need her. And, up to that point, I just kind of thought he was a family man and happy and you know what I mean? But that was the, the first time I was like, huh, okay. Maybe I don't See, know him yet. You <laughs> See, know? for me, that just went up to this is the 90s and this is, you know, the receptionist at the desk or dispatcher, whoever she was, and they've known each other for like 30 years, you know. Like yeah, yeah I thought nothing of that. that way. <laughs> the first time I watched it, I didn't think a thing about it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but, but rewatch this time it. Yeah, this yeah. time it stood out to me. But I mean, it, we sort of know the future because we've seen this season. But right, I, I don't remember everything. So yeah, yeah. But I, I guess in hindsight, it's like okay, these things are starting to add up right away, of of what kind of people each character is. Yeah. Um. I one of my favorite um, lines in the car when he keeps telling him shut up, you know, mm-hmm. basically, was right before uh, they got out of the car. He was like, "Don't be talking that mumbo jumbo at dinner," you know. Yeah, uh, he has to keep bringing it back around to that, you know. Don't be saying like, none just, that mumbo jumbo. And yeah, and Rust is like, "Of course not. I'm not a psychopath." Like, right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Like I'll Have talk you... crazy with you, but not in front of your family. But I don't think anything he said was that crazy. That's the thing. No, it was. So are we crazy? <laughs> like I don't know. I didn't think it was that crazy. I thought it was like very profound. Really, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, have you ever had to like shush someone? You know that was that you just needed them to stop talking. Like, have you had to do that? You know, I would have to be very comfortable with somebody for me to just basically tell them to shut up. Like we're not talking anymore. It's like maybe my kids or uh, maybe you like jokingly or one of my friends. I don't think I would do that with anybody I was not comfortable with or strangers or anything like that. Like, yeah, I think it just made me laugh every time he did it, even though I knew he was kind of being an asshole, Yeah, you know, yeah. But it's still, there's just something about the way he kept telling him to stop I, talking, even though he wants him to talk, but he doesn't want him to talk about that. Right, <laughs> he doesn't, right. he doesn't want to really know who he is, right. you know? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he. Uh, I was losing my thought there. He. He knows he's being a smart ass when he says, all right, let's shut the hell up. You know, like, yeah, I, I feel there's just a certain cockiness, arrogance, yeah. but but suave at the same time, you know, right. because yeah. he tells them to shut up. But it's like the most harshest, but yet sweetest way. I think you can tell somebody to shut up. And it's just like if I was Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson just told me to shut up like that, I would yeah. laugh, but also know he was serious. yeah like i I wouldn't be angry that somebody just told me to shut up like that right there's just something about it that's yeah i don't know it's almost like he's a little boy and he doesn't understand and he just needs him to stop talking because his brain can't handle it you know that's (laughs) that's true because yeah uh rust is bringing all this intellect to the conversation and it's just it's going over woody's head so therefore woody's like you're crazy I mean, he so. didn't even know what a pessimist was. How can he be like the lead detective? And he's like, "What's a pessimist?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> what? So, I mean, they don't set him up to be a, a very deep man. No, you know? I, I so. don't think. It, I I feel like he takes his job seriously. But I, I don't know if that's it. I think he cares about his job, but I don't think he takes his job seriously. No. Like, he's passionate, but he misses so much stuff. Right. And it's just like, uh, again, Rust is doing all of the work between yeah. the two of them. I don't think. And, I think he's lost. I mean, I think he doesn't really know how yeah. to be a good detective. I think he's learning a lot. Yeah. And I, don't I think, think he Martin... even says that in one of the interviews, that he learned a lot and that he was that Rust was very smart. He brought that up several times. Yeah. You know, you could tell that he really respected his skills as a detective and respected his intellect, you know. I do. Um, he did seem but sincere. But I think he felt a little insecure also. Yeah, you know? he, he did seem sincere about uh, complimenting Rust, like, yeah. during the interview. So that that part was cool. And, you know, like, that's that's where it's like, okay, uh, we learned that they, they had a falling out, but he knows that it came down to it. He still had Russ's back and Russ still had his back. Like you can yeah. just tell that, that that history was there. So I feel like they, they really portrayed that well on screen too. Yeah. Um, One more thing about the interviews that uh-huh. I appreciated is there were so much, so many little clues that, um built tension like you know something's coming you just don't know what it is like they would say just subtle things like well i had no i haven't talked to him in 10 years you know martin says that and so you're like why because you're going back to these flashbacks and it seems like they're great partners and they're you know they have their issues but yeah you know there's some there's a dynamic there and you know, as different as they are, that somehow their partnership works, you know? Yeah. Um, but then, oh, they haven't spoken in 10 years. What happened? You know? So yeah. you want to find out yeah. more. And, and, and did you notice that. when they, when they first started interviewing them, they mark the dates and first yeah. we see Martin's interview and that's like May something, 2012. Mm-hmm. And then we see Russ interview and that's like April 26. So Russ interviewed before Martin did. So oh. it, that's it, 
That's 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 huge. I did that not notice huge. that. Good job. I, I did notice that, but this is the third time we've we've yeah. watched this show. <laughs> well, third time I've seen this episode, so it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, so Russ interviewed before. So uh, knowing that and remembering what happens vaguely, super vaguely remembering what happens, I was like, this is a big clue. If I was paying attention the first time. Like I, I probably would have picked up on that a little bit sooner. Yeah. But, so you're um, over there making these like brilliant, insightful notes, and I have a note that says Matthew some... McConaughey looks hot. No, I have because <laughs> sometimes... I've got that note. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I just say Matthew. Matthew. Um, but Matthew. <laughs> Matthew no, M. I wrote down. Sometimes it looked like Russ was rolling a booger between his fingers when he was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. did. Did you notice <laughs> he would roll his fingers together? And I'm like, yeah. and, what's happening? And a lot of that car ride scenes reminded me of the Lincoln commercials that Matthew M from True Detective uh, <laughs> went on to portray. Cause it just, right. it was the same kind of let's talk some jibble jabble while right. i drive this car and it just yeah it just reminded me of those lincoln commercials that i think snl ended up making fun of too <laughs> but um <laughs> that's a that's a good observation he was rolling boogers maybe he was, he was you know i mean but he see, rolled his fingers together that's in louisiana you know there's so much moisture there they're not getting boogers in louisiana if if it was like the that's desert funny. i'd be like that could be boogers yeah but, but i mean i thought it was a very realistic uh, uh, hand hand gesture, you know what I mean? Like I do that. I think it just I shows that rub my in fingers thought. together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It yeah. was really a good little, you know, uh, yeah. physical choice, you know, that he made to do that, and I I thought it was great. Yeah, because if you're the director and you're like, okay, uh, Matthew M, uh, it, let us know that you're thinking. Like, what are you gonna do? Just kind of look up to the sky and put your you know, finger to your lip and be like, Hmm, I'm really thinking like, no, it's, that's not real acting. No, it's not. So yeah, Yeah. just kind of staring off into the distance and, and doing something subtle, like subconsciously, you know, like this, he he doesn't even know he's, you know, spinning the booger, you know, like, no, he doesn't. Yeah. And and the first time I watched it, I didn't think that, but you know, I had more, you know, space yeah. in my mind to look for little things like yeah. that it, it, you this can just time. tell like he's focused on this case like he that's is. it yeah so. he is he definitely is yeah another thing that i appreciated was that when the wife i cannot remember maggie i think her name's maggie yeah uh wakes up you know when you first see her and she's waking up she actually looks like she just woke up mm-hmm. she's not like full face of makeup and you know yeah, like I, I always appreciate it when they, they do look like they just woke up, but to yeah. little puffy eyes and a little bit, and she was still beautiful. But yeah, you know, yeah. Um, let's see, Maggie is played by, uh, Mich- yes, and, Michelle Monaghan. And, yeah, and she she's playing uh, uh, Martin's wife, Woody Harrelson's. Yes. So Maggie Hart is her name. Um when they were at the corner and they, they pull the naked lady out again, it, this has got to be the toughest act yeah. ever. Cause not only is she folded in half naked, now she's laying on a table naked. And the only thing I could think of is how long does she have to hold her breath? Like, 
I, they didn't really focus on it. But do you look at that stuff when actors are pretending to be that they're dead? Do you look to see if their chest is moving or their stomach is moving or like? I try to. I try to see if I see signs of life. If they're supposed yeah. to be dead, you know? yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's just such a stupid observation. Hey, are they holding their breath or are they breathing? No, it's impressive. It is impressive, and yeah. I I think it's one of the toughest. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe she was taking a nap. I feel like I would probably take a nap. Because think of it, you're there so many hours out of the day and you're just relaxing. You have to stay still. I think I would get sleepy and just take a nap. Which Yeah, but you can't uh, that can be beneficial, though. holding your breath if you're sleeping. Yeah, but your breaths would be so shallow. You know? like yeah, It's not like they focused on her. They just showed her. So if it's like so shallow, maybe... You wouldn't know. The only thing you have to worry about is if you started snoring during a take or if you started to roll over in your sleep or something. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, you're supposed to be dead. You're supposed to be dead. Uh, I liked during one of the interview scenes with uh, Rust uh, and, he, and he tells him to go buy him some beer. He's like, Thursday's my day off and I start yeah. drinking afternoon. And these, You're not going to be messing this up. So he he makes one of the the interviewing detectives go on a beer run for him right and and they were a bit hesitant but he so smartassly passed it like such his character from 1995 to his character in 2012 is completely different and it's yeah, just it is. it's amazing and he just the way he blows that five dollar bill across the table like you asked I know. go get me some beer yeah he doesn't slide so, it across the table he yeah. blows it across the table <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that always makes me laugh yeah so um and then uh so then they're interviewing martin again and like hey tell us about this dinner thing uh a drunk rust shows up uh and he's he's chugging coffee basically to sober up just have you ever drank coffee to sober up yes because it but the only reason why is because i always heard it will sober you up but i i think it's the the caffeine because the alcohol is a downer and coffee's and like coffee's a stimulant. A stimulant, you know. Yeah. You think they're supposed um, to counteract each other? Yeah. Now, look, the only time I've ever truly sobered up when I was crazy drunk is when I started to eat something specifically carbs. You know, like yeah. pizza, bread, uh, you pasta. Crave, you crave carbs when you're. I thought, I thought you crave drunk. grease, or is that just when you're mm. hungover? I don't know if I've heard crave grease. I've, heard I've always heard like, why do I carbs? I, like I want to say, I've seen that in a magazine. Like, hey, I, I craved. Why do I crave greasy foods in the morning when I have a hung, hangover? Hmm. Mm. Well, next next time you're hungover, go get you some bacon fresh off the frying pan. Oh, bacon is awesome as drunk food or hangover food. Ba- I think I, I always thought it's because it's salty and that I could be too greasy, because you retain fatty. water. I mean, yeah. the hangover is just dehydration. So right. if you can hydrate, the hangover yeah. goes away. Have you ever had hair of the dog to get rid of the hangover? No, I just, I, I, it makes me queasy to think about more alcohol. I just can't do it. I had so much alcohol. I feel sick. Let's have more alcohol to feel better. Yeah. Right. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. I I had a friend that swore by it though. Yeah. So. Exactly. Um. So he was drunk 
He shows up. Rust. Yeah. Shows up drunk. We find out he has a deceased child. And right. And just it's his her delivery. Birthday. It's her yeah. birthday that day. Yes. And so it's a rough day already. He finds a dead woman. Yeah. With the antlers. Um, yeah. And is his dead <laughs> daughter's birthday. Yeah. And it's just a lot. And, and then his he's like, I got to go to dinner now. You yeah. know? Um, I mean, it was a rough day for him to try to meet the family, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I like, man, the act, all the way up and down this this episode. The acting mm-hmm. from everybody was fantastic. I remember there was only one line. Uh, I almost pointed it out. Uh, it was when they were first interviewing people right before they went to the church. Uh, somebody said something, not the old man, but I think it was a female they talked to right before that. And I think she was sitting on like a, a swing bench or something. Like that mm. was... I can't remember, but I, I was thinking that when we just watched it, I was like, that's that right there is the one line that was the worst acted in the entire episode. Other than that, everybody else deserves like an Emmy or an yes, Oscar for this. Absolutely. So yes, Maggie, uh, one of my favorite parts was of the whole episode. I don't know why. I think it's just because it made me think, um, but it was when Maggie was asking Russ questions yeah, I like that whole scene. It yeah, was and she's sweet. like, "Do you like your job?" And he says, "Not really." Yeah. you know. And he says, "But it's worthwhile." It's and worthwhile. so I and he's good thinking at about that, and yeah. he's good at it, and I'm good at it. Yeah, yeah, it's worthwhile, and I'm good at it. And so I was thinking about that that line because I think that a lot of people can really relate to that. I mean, how many people? You're not necessarily doing what exactly what you want to do, but you believe in the cause and you're good at it. And see, so those things are worthwhile. That's you know? almost an oxymoron, so, though, because how can you be good at something if you don't have passion for it? So I think I think I can relate. I mean, I, there's imagine how good close. he could be. Imagine yeah. how good he could be if he really cared, though. You know, yeah, I feel like deep down he does care about his job. I right. just, I think he doesn't like what he has to deal with at his job. No. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think, I, I don't know. I mean, you tell me what you think, but I get the feeling that he does it because it, it kind of saves him from slipping into depression. You know, he has something else to solve besides he, he doesn't have to really deal with the pain as much you know it's like his job's a distraction yes that's what i'm trying to say yes um (laughs) he feel you know he feels a lot of pain that he can't when he gets back and he's done working and he's trying to sleep that's when it all comes back so he can't sleep you know yeah and so when he's as long as he's working he's distracted and i think he plays that really well yeah he does he does i think even when he's at home he's thinking about the case because yeah he's he's going balls deep in the case because he doesn't want to think about his deceased child and how the marriage fell apart after that and all, you know, because yeah. I'm sure the marriage was fine. It's just something as traumatic as that I'm sure would rip you apart. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then Martin's in the other room answering a, a fake page that he got from a coworker and uh, it was all a ruse to get rust out of dinner because rust was drunk Right. So then Martin comes out of the room. He's like, hey, 
uh, Chris, I think they said Chris wants to talk to you about some CI. I don't know what the CI is. Isn't that a, a criminal investigation? No, no, it's a, oh gosh. A civilian informant. Is oh, that right. That sounds right. That okay. Sounds right. I think, I think that's, right. I could be wrong, but I think it's a civilian. I'm not a cop, but if I were, I think I would call civilian in, informants CIs. Okay. So, but then yeah. Rust goes into the other room, takes the phone call. We don't see the phone call. We just find out that Martin really doesn't care about Rust uh, because Martin's wife, Maggie, is asking, you know, like, what do you know about him? And Rust right. is like, or Martin's like, not a lot, you know. Not a lot. And it's like, he, <laughs> I think at this stage, they've been partners for three months. I think it yeah. was mentioned. So it's like, right. you don't know. And every time he opens himself up and gives you an, a, any insight to his personality you tell him to shut up because yeah he's freaking exactly you out. yeah so, stop saying that weird shit yeah or something like that he would yeah. say so martin yeah. is really uh closed-minded and uh, uh it, yeah and it's just it's just another we, we see another aspect of that like even from his wife yeah. it's like right. she's she's realizing like you really are just kind of an asshole sometimes yeah Martin. yeah and but it cracks me up because he sticks with it he's just like you do, trust me you do not want to pick that man's brain <laughs> right but she was i think she was intrigued like she, she saw was. his vulnerability and everything yeah yeah so was. And, so then uh russ comes back to the table and you know, he and what he's like, so do you need to go? And and Rust apparently decides to stay. So then Woody Woody's angry the whole time. Like Martin is just looking at him like, you jerk. I did all of this for you. And now you're going to sit here and eat dinner with my family as a drunk person. Like, that's horrible. But yeah. I, I feel like Rust is holding his own during. The, he is. During he's not the, like sloppy drunk. He's able to carry on a conversation, yeah. you know, yeah. and. I thought he was fine with the kids. I mean, you know, when they I mean, were he was asking honest him with questions. Him. He, yeah. Yeah. He did say so. he did. Well, he never said he shot anybody. He said he shot his gun. Right. And then the, the kids were just connecting the dots. You right. Know? And you then shot Maggie people? saved him. She redirected and asked him if he was from Texas or what part of Texas he was from or something yeah. like that and got him and, out of that firing and, squad you know because yeah. so. kids they don't pull any punches they're just like tell us all your gross stories yeah so exactly yeah um we did learn that russ was he born in texas and then grew up in alaska or born in alaska grew up in texas because he has a texas accent so i don't I, know at I what think age he said he was from texas but he grew up for many years in Alaska or something to that extent or so at what age do you get your Texas accent? Then? I don't know. So don't like know. a four year old in yeah. Alaska, he's just like, <laughs> Hey y'all doing, yeah. you know? Um, and now he, he lives in Louisiana working yeah. his case with, with Martin. Right. So yeah. And then uh, we can only assume it's like the next day. But mm-hmm. it, they're at the office again. Yes. And I didn't notice until the last time we watched that perhaps Rust smells alcohol on the other detectives while they were doing their work sort of thing. Because uh, I think I didn't pick up on that. I really need to turn the caption on, but I'm pretty sure 
uh, Rust says something like, you've been hitting the bars pretty hard or something like that. Yeah. And and then uh, uh, the cop, uh, the other, his, his associate is like. The instigator. Yeah, he's like, do your own work. And then right. <laughs> Rust, for whatever reason, casually walks over, makes no eye contact, and slaps this man in the face. Yes, I have a note about this too. And and the man just takes it like it's just. It's yeah, weird. he doesn't this, try to fight him. Yeah, in this whole scene, Rust makes no eye contact with anybody. Nope. Not with Mm-mm. not with Martin. Not with the the captain that comes out later. Not with the right. The, the clergyman guy, the, yeah. the governor's cousin or whatever, like he makes no eye contact with anybody. No. And this was a big moment for me in trying to figure out Russ's character. Uh-huh. I, it, it kind of added like an extra level of depth to him for me because it, it surprised me. I didn't see that coming, you know, mm-hmm. the yeah. slap. Yeah. And for me, it was, it kind of made me take a closer look at his dark side. Like, like what is to come you know what i mean because that yeah. surprised me that he just made no he had no emotion no eye contact like you said and he just slapped him well, I think, know, just... yeah I, I think he's already in his head he's yeah. already having a, a tough day and you can just feel he's got some antsy energy and mm-hmm. it's like i gotta get out of here and do something like you can just feel this energy from him you know yeah yeah and, and then uh they come out with the the Louisiana state trooper guy, mm-hmm. which the only other thing I've ever seen him and I don't know his name, but the only other thing I've ever seen him, have you ever seen the movie blast from the past with Brendan Fraser? And yeah. I yeah. Uh, the state trooper guy, he played like the uh, Alicia Silverstone worked with him or is it whether? Yeah. It's Silverstone worked with him at the baseball card shop. He was the baseball card owner guy and he was going to try and take advantage of Brendan oh, Fraser's okay. baseball card collection. But yeah. that's that's the little fun fact that I have about that guy. Okay. And then uh, out comes uh, Reverend Tuttle, who is the first cousin of the governor. Now, this guy, right off the get-go, uh, I remember the first time, the second time, and the third time I've seen this episode. I get creepy vibes from this guy. Mm. Uh, it seems, to me, pretty obvious that this guy is a potential suspect as of right, right now. Yeah, he does. He doesn't. There's something not quite right about him, but you yeah. can't put your finger on it. Really. Yeah. yeah. And then the the last note I have is the episode ends after the interviewing detectives show Rust uh, a photo of a new victim, much like the first victim. And, uh, you know, so obviously they're like, how can this be if we lock the other guy up? Right. Uh, uh, 17 years ago. And uh, so then Matthew McConaughey has the awesome line, you know, like, why don't you start asking the right fucking questions, you know, in his Matthew McConaughey way. And it just the way he delivers that line is such a dramatic line and almost kind of cliche and cheesy as well. But he delivers it so perfectly that I'm like psyched up to watch episode two. Yes, (laughs) exactly. But it doesn't, it's not the kind of ending that like pisses you off. You're just like, I have so much to, to reflect on right now. What, what, you know, there's just so much. It's just packed and like the, it's beautiful to look at. Yeah. You know, it's shot really well. The yeah. acting is phenomenal. You're like into the characters. And they let There's you sit on it for a tension. second. Too. 
Yeah. Like they and, don't just cut to black. Like they let yeah. you sit there for a second with the yes. silence of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Like it, it just, I don't know. Just from episode one, I was, I knew, I just, I just knew I was yeah. going to need more. Yeah. I can't wait to watch episode two. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been forever. I can't wait to watch yes. it. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, that's it for my notes. Do you have anything? No, that was it. That yeah. was it. Yeah. All right. I didn't miss anything, did I? No, I don't think so. All right. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, then I will say thanks for listening. Yes. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Check out our social media pages at TV We Love on Twitter, TV We Love on Facebook, and TV We Love Podcast on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider following and subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate all ratings and reviews, especially the five-star ones. We'll be back soon with another episode of TV We Love. Bye! Hi, I'm Jamie. I've been a producer, director, and a screenwriter. I'm Brad. I've been a videographer and a screenwriter. This is TV We Love, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a single season of our favorite TV shows. And maybe some of our second favorites, too. 